You can't click or turn away from a mobile billboard advertisement. You can mute commercials on TV, turn a page in a magazine or a newspaper, and click away from ads online. Mobile billboard advertisements are practically unavoidable. Consumers won't be able to easily navigate themselves away from a mobile billboard ad like they can for a static billboard or a printed advertisement. We have billboards for any size business. Just give us a call, 312-237-7851. Ask for Jay. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Jay. I got another special guest in the building. I'm allowing him to introduce himself. What's up, y'all? With Fair Play 2333, but some people call me Mr. Chicago Do's and Don'ts. <laughs> that's what they call you. Yeah, that's what they call me. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm trying to stamp myself as. Who knows? Hey, but it's working. Hey, uh... It's your second time here, you feel me? Now, right. I, I could just go through the usual, like, where you from? How was your upbringing? How did this mold you and all that? So I ain't going to do all that, but give a quick rundown on where you from. Uh, west side. I stayed on the south side a little bit, but out west, um, 13th and Heath Street, where I grew up, I also stayed on 13th and Oakley, I think the block was. And then from there, I started living in the Saints, too. So, like, uh, Western and Jackson. That's where we shoot most of No Time to Play for at, too. All right, now, so you now, know, you say you miss the Chicago do's and don'ts. So, right. how much of of your life experience goes into the do's and don'ts? Because they tips on you, right? Me, but do, I mean, so look, we could put it like this: the West Side play a huge part, but I think just being me and being able to go everywhere and meet a lot of different people and stuff like that—that's kind of what play into it. What you mean? Expand on that, like, like just being, you know. You might call me one day and I might be like, yeah, I'm on 74th and such and such. And then you might, I'd be like, yeah, I'm on 119th and Peoria. And then like, so it's just like, just being around the streets, having homies from different areas, neighborhoods, me being in different areas and neighborhoods. I'm just able, I was able to pick up on the street lingo and the street shit like fast, but from a place of like, adapting to it to be able to survive not from a place of like like a lot of people pick up on street shit in order to like beef with people and be ops and say they not from this hood and they don't mess with this hood i picked up on it in order to be able to survive and in order to be able to tell the story of it so you take real life experiences yeah and you put them into the do's and don'ts because i would assume that most people that actually do these do's and don'ts like they'll probably pop on google you feel me and put their two cents into it, but you coming from real life experience. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, so this gonna be so crazy. I ain't gonna say the block name, but I'm gonna say it was on like 64th around like the Inglewood area. Um, and I was probably like 10. So, no, nah, I wasn't 10, I was like 12. I was 12, <laughs> excuse me. And so I was basically uh, walking home or whatever, and then so. It was around that time where a lot of stuff was just going on. So these two blocks was into it with each other. So dude was just like, who, hey, check it out. So I'm just like, mm, I ain't checking it out. <laughs> so then he was like, hey, check it out. Who is that? So I'm like, it's Mike G. He like, who? I'm like, so then he asked me where I, where I was from. I said that. And then so when he said, check it out again, and he got up on me. He had like a big 4-5 in his hand, all black. I'll never forget it. So then he like, how old is you? So I told him my age. I, I literally told him like 12 or 13. That's how old I was at the time because I know I was still in grammar school. So then 
he was just like, shorty, we in war around here. Get from around here. And then um, as I was walking past uh, one of the other dudes, one of the other dudes, was, they was laughing, talking to each other. It was like maybe five or six of them standing on the porch. And he was like, man, niggas know to never check it out. But he <laughs> wasn't saying it to me. He was like saying it to his homies, kind of laughing at the situation of like, shorty was not trying to check it out. So what made you actually start, you feel me, doing uh, the do's and don'ts? It just popped in my head one day. Literally, I was just sitting there, and I was like, man, you know what people are like to hear? I was like, people are like to hear things that's like do's and don'ts of Chicago. So I ended up calling up one of my homies, and my homie was like, I told him the idea, and he was like, nah, I don't think that's really going to work. I'm not 100% sure. He was like, the idea might be okay, but I don't know. So then in my mind, I was kind of like, man, should I do it? I'm like, nah, I'm definitely doing it. So then I just ended up doing it. And the the reception from the streets was impeccable off top. Like, so what, and, and let me tell y'all something that's very important about this, right? So one of my friends in Orlando got a business called Consider It Done, like a landscaping business. So he ended up putting a video on TikTok of him cleaning gutters and it got like 17 million views. All he doing is taking pliers and pulling debris out the gutter. When he get it all the way out, the water just splash out. So that made me see TikTok totally different. Cause you know, we from an era of like, we ain't dancing, it's yeah, goofy. Thanks. We ain't finna be on the internet looking no type of way. So once I saw him do that, that instantly clicked in my head like, oh, I don't have to be on TikTok doing what the shorties do. I can just do what I do and do it in my perspective. So from then on, I had just started putting my little stuff on TikTok as far as like from this podcast page. Then when I finally started doing it, I was putting it up, putting it up, putting it up. Right. So I was kind of discouraged from using TikTok because TikTok don't let you say the N-word, right? right. They, they'll flag the video, review it, and then push it through. And I guess they do that instead of like having people complaining to them about it being offensive or somebody being racist, they just flag it right off top. So about two weeks passed, and I was like, man, you know what? Forget it. I have found that app that I sent you, like Photo Room or something. And then so once I found that app, I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to take the N-words out and just post them up there. So I literally did that and posted my first uh ends and I mean do's and don'ts up there. So that one was I right. then I I was like, "Damn, that's catching traction." So then I put up uh on that car. And once I did that one, that one started doing like 20,000, 30,000. I'm like, "Wait, what's going on?" So I'm like, "All right, let me put up the other one cuz remember all these are already on Instagram already. They're not on TikTok." Right. So then once I put the other one on TikTok, I'm like, let me put the other one up after that. So it was Weed Man Lies. And then I'm like, all right, let me put the dudes, uh, the first date, do's and don'ts, first dates up there. So I put that up there, and it was like, all right, 2,000. But it was like 2,000 views in like two minutes, right? Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, man, this is crazy. What's about to happen? So then it's like 30 minutes go by. It's at like 20,000 views. Then an hour go by. It's at like 40,000 views. So right now it's set at 350,000 views. But within on that TikTok. Yeah, on TikTok. Within that day, it did like 200,000 views, right? Right. So somehow that morning, 
uh, academics picked it up and posted it to his page. Right. And then it was kind of over from there. But the thing about the do's and don'ts that set me off, my Instagram was at 350 followers. And from there, it just kept going up, kept going up. So now I'm just under TikTok. like TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. my bad, TikTok. So I'm just under 10,000 followers on TikTok, but the vi like most of my videos on there, um, I got one that's at like 200. Well, no, it's at 350,000. I got one at like 180,000. I got one at like 100,000. I got multiples at 100,000 on that. So it's just like, it was crazy, but the lesson in that is don't let something as minor as I can't say this one word stop you from succeeding because before I put that up there for like two weeks, I was just stubborn. No, I ain't posting on TikTok no more. They won't let me say that. I'm black. I'm supposed to be able to say that. Right. So if I would have stayed in that stubbornness, I wouldn't have even got the traction for DJ Academics to find it, to put it on there. Now, you spoke on your, your homie doing like 17 million views on, on TikTok. Did he see like a immediate growth from 17? He had to. Yeah, bro. yeah. He saw an immediate. He saw an immediate. I don't know what his number's at now. Um, I, I can't remember. But he saw an immediate growth. And so he had just started putting. He literally only do like um, cleaning the gutters or cleaning the tiles or grouting something. Like just regular stuff. And so. One thing people got to understand is that it's a niche out here for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. If you just sharpen pencils, it's a it's a group of people in the world who just like sharpening pencils, who will sit there and watch videos sharpening of you pencils. sharpening pencils. That's really wild. <laughs> but so for me, when we just try to get back to the topic of the do's and don'ts, I wanted to do something that would stand out. With me, when I do stuff, I always want to do stuff, one, that I feel like is on brand, two, that don't take away from the factor of me being able to have a voice that could reach both sides and three how can i grow it so like when you look at the do's and don'ts it's the street dudes who look at it and be like oh yeah that's real Thanks. then you got the people who own the fence who kind of be like man you know what bro right i should try to do it this way and then you got the white people, the people from the suburbs, the people who don't know nothing about this, who kind of come and it's like, oh, this is a tutorial. I didn't know this. Like, so that's what I like about it. I think it, I think it reached all three levels. Like it reached the, it reached the quicksand, it reached the middle tier people, and it reached the top tier people, and it give them insight. You know what I'm saying? That's what I look for. For even though it's quote unquote hood news, it, it give you insight to the life instead of just instead of it being like something where it's glorifying it it's just telling you the story and you can make of it what you want you know like you you i've seen you like <laughs> how can i say this i've seen you reinvent yourself a couple times more than a couple and i i think a lot of people be fearful of of changing who they are not necessarily changing who they are but growing. don't forget your question i won't cut you off so I'm going to tell y'all this, and I might have mentioned this in the first interview we did, but I'm more popping now, so y'all will probably watch this more. Uh, the first time I sent Jay some music, he kind of told me it was trash. And, like, I was low-key, like, ready to get into it with him because I knew the music was good. But when I listen back to it now, the writing was good, but the delivery wasn't good, and the presence wasn't there. So I think... One thing I always looked at is Jay, he's never been like the person to be like, oh, yeah, bro, you ready. All right, we're going to come out and give you an interview. He always just put it to you like, nah, that ain't it. 
So when you talk about reinventing yourself, I always knew what I should be, what I could be, what I would do. But one thing I always noticed, and I don't know who I got it from. Maybe I got it from watching Busta Rhymes, but I always noticed within myself or just in general, if something not working, that don't mean it's not good. That just means it's not working, right? So what I noticed when I first was like Mike Will the Great, right? Well, I was Mike Will first, actually. What I noticed was like, okay, people become fatigued of you after a while. So if I've been doing it for a year and I sent Think Ill Radio uh, 50, 50 emails in that year, well, the first one, I'm ambitious. The second one, I'm, cons I'm consistent. The third one, I right, we heard this before. The fourth one, I know what content he's sending. By the fifth one, you're not even really opening it no more. You're not listening to it. You're just posting it because you fuck with me sometimes, right? Okay. That's with anybody. So one thing I could do by um, changing my name was now you seeing something fresh. Damn, who is this? Who is this Mike Will Gray? Oh, okay. That's okay. Who is my MWCC? Oh, man. Who is Fairplay? Who is Fairplay 2333? So each time when you see that new email, you listening to it with a, a new ear. And so purposely between the time I was MWTG until I discovered to be Fairplay, I didn't put no pictures on my music at all because I knew they would associate my picture with the old artist and instantly write me off. It's like, nah, we don't fuck with what he's doing. We don't like it. So that's how I did it. And then once I decided to be Fairplay, I was just like, this is my name I had since I was like two months old. Everybody from my hood know it. Everybody from 13th, everybody from the Saints know it. So when people see it, it's automatically going to be brand recognition. That right there is blue magic. <laughs> so they're going to notice it, right? So that was my point behind Fair Play. And then I was just like Googling, and I was like, you know what? Fair Play come up as too many things. So I added the 2333, which is my building number, just to be like, all right, that's cool. Now it stands out from everything. So I instantly took over the SEO. I instantly was able to just like take my old catalog down and repost some of the stuff up, recreate new stuff. And now you will never, when you type in Fair Play 2333, it's over with on the internet. You know what, based off what you just said, a lot of people don't take that time out and research what they need to research or learn what they need to learn like every like a lot of people like numbers don't lie and that's true numbers don't lie but you need to learn how to break down the numbers understand the analytics see what's working see what's not working and adjust what you need to adjust and it sounds like that's what you did and we have a lot of conversations you feel me you call me down there every day sometimes i don't pick up i'll be like i don't want to talk today you feel me yeah i'm a lot to deal with but it ain't even that bro but we have a lot of uh, conversations and they all about growth. You feel me? And right. sometimes you'll call me and you'll be like, bro, what you think about this? What you think about this? I'll give you my advice and you will still do whatever you want to do. You feel me? Right. And I think that's what's, what's unique about you. You feel me? Even if somebody say, nah, I do this, you still going to go with your first mind regardless <laughs> of what's going on. You feel me? So when you was like, bro, like, I'm finna do this I'm finna do this And I never tell you Not to do that shit I right. always say bro Do that shit right. You feel me And I watched you Blow up on TikTok And IG bro Like literally Simultaneously Like thousands of followers And you hit me Like I wanna say probably like 
we just gonna say eight days ago. Right. And I think you had what, like nine K followers? Oh, I was at eight. Eight, like nine days ago. I and was you were like saying eight, eight it was gonna seven. take you to October or something. I thought it was December. I said December thirty first. To get to fifteen K, right? No, ten K. Ten K. And I was like, bro, no, you was at like four. You was oh, at like no, four. yeah. So when it first started, I was at 4,500. Right. And you was like, bro, I, I done wrote down my goals. You literally told me all your goals. Yeah. One of your goals was to get to 10K by, um, you said October. December 31st. No, you said October. Did I say October? You said October. I, I remember, because I, I posted a status on Facebook, and I said December 31st. And I was like, nah, bro. Nah, because I, I saw where it was going and we had started talking about the algorithm right you was like man i figured out the algorithm i'm like nah bro you ain't figure it out you fed the algorithm right that, like it ain't no figuring out the algorithm you can't it's impossible anybody out here that tell you oh do this the you gonna f figure out that no you can't watch a youtube video and figure out the ig algorithm because soon as you figure it out they're gonna change it you could feed the algorithm. Once you feed the algorithm, the algorithm rewards you. You know right. what I'm saying? And that's what I told you. I'm like, bro, if you keep feeding it, it's gonna keep rewarding you. Cause it's gonna it's gonna say, man, every time he drop a video, he getting likes, you starting the engagement. Anybody that comment on your video, you going back and forth with him. You you know what I'm saying? You yeah. creating a community on each post. And right. a lot of people don't understand how important it is to nurture your own shit. You right. know what I'm saying? So with you growing like you was growing, I'm like, bro, gonna hit that ten easily. I you know what I'm saying? Because the like followers was coming. The follow once them followers just coming off every post, I'm like, nah, bro, gonna do that shit. And now what you at like? Fifteen, fifteen thousand. So I was right, bro. All you gotta do is listen to Jay, bro. Yeah. So look, I'm finna tell you something. When you talk about feeding and engagement, this is one thing I want to say, right? Um, and I was talking to my daughter about this, being prepared for the moment. Like the moment and the opportunity can be anything, but are you gonna be prepared for it, right? Facts. And are you gonna make the most of the opportunity? I was, I was talking about like when the opportunity come, right? And a lot of people see the opportunity, but the key to an opportunity, and I, I gotta credit Rick Ross, I heard him say this in an interview a long time ago, you gotta make every moment look bigger than what it is. So if you spent 10K on the Met Gala, you gotta make it look like you spent 50K. You know, that's what I mean by making the moment look bigger. So when DJ Academics posted me, first thing I did was screenshot and ran to Facebook. Your family and friends, they in the hip hop field, they might support you, but they might be shaky on what you gonna do. Once they see DJ Academics post you, oh, he cool to support now. Let's Thanks. show him some love. Boom. Now you go into your IG feed. Let everybody know on your IG. Boom. Then you let people know on your Twitter and your TikTok. It may not translate to both apps, but at least wherever they go, they're going to see, oh, Academics co-signed them. Because technically, that's just a co-sign when he posts me. So the other thing I did was I noticed that the followers was coming through, but they was coming through slow. So what I ended up doing was... I started going down to the page on DJ Academics posts of myself, and I just start interacting with everybody. So if you see like 250, uh, if you see 500 uh, comments on there, I'm probably like 200 of them at least, 221, because I understood, like a person might look at it and laugh and be like, oh, this is so funny, I to the next post. But when you come and comment to them, they got to come back and see what you said. 
Oh, yeah. man, that was real what bro said. Oh, that was funny. Oh, bro acknowledged me. Let me see what else he doing. Then you see him coming through your story. Then they follow you. So the engagement is important. And what's, the reason why I mentioned that, it was a rapper around the same time, an independent rapper with a major deal, but he independent still, well, underground. And DJ Academics posted him, and the only thing he did was post it in his story. It's up from, it's up from here. And he's still only at like 4,000 followers. He was at like 3,000 at the time. So by him being, I don't want to say too cool because I don't know him, but by him not going to interact with those fans, he didn't make the most of that moment. And now that post is probably 50 or 100 posts down now. So it don't even make no sense to say that. Like even for me, I sent that post to myself in my inbox so I can always find it because you know once he posts it's gonna go so far down. So now every so often all I do is go grab it and share it to my story. Man, salute DJ Academics for uh, supporting me. So now the people who come in who saw me maybe just off chance or the people who saw me off TikTok, it'll be like, oh man, DJ Academics supporting him too? Oh, let me see what else on this page. You know we in the clout era. He might be funny one video, he might be funny two videos, but DJ Academics posted him, oh, he the funniest nigga I ever heard in my life. And a lot of people just don't understand about going all out, you know what I'm saying, especially in the moment. And what was crazy, like, I know what to do on social media, but I ain't the one to be in front of the camera. Right. I, ne I never like to be in front of the camera. Even when I'm on the radio, you know, the camera is off at an angle where I don't have to look at it. You right. know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm fake recording myself type shit. But I'm like, man, I know what I need to do. I need to get heavy on on social media you feel me right and i told you i've been i had told you for the longest that i was gonna start doing these marketing videos i was gonna talk marketing on my shit but once i seen you take advantage of it you feel me i'm like all right fuck it i'm finna one day i just sat in the crib i did like four videos you feel me and i dropped um i recently just dropped one it was called uh why every entrepreneur needs an email list you feel right. me? i dropped that that went crazy on ig I still ain't on TikTok though, right. but I instantly saw forty followers just from that one post. You gonna see, and this is so. I know this is gonna sound cocky when I say it, right? But I can always see the potential in people, and it's never by chance. I'm working with somebody, or I'm by, I'm around somebody. I always see what a person gonna be like. I've told you this before. I know you're not gonna be recording my show forever because you're gonna become too big to have time to do that. When we link up, it'll be something special. Like, oh yeah, you know, bro, we gonna come together and do this. But you're supposed to want the people around you to outgrow what y'all doing. You're supposed to want to outgrow what you're doing. So when I look at the marketing standpoint, I don't, I don't think you've told me nothing that has been wrong yet. And like you said, whether I take it or not, I'm one of them people who like to compartmentalize my people and my friends. So I'm coming to you whenever I'm thinking of like, yo, should I do this? Should I do that? How should this go? What you think about this? Because I know you know how to market, right? So the worst thing that can happen is I can do what I do. It don't work. Now I can go do it your way. Or I, sometimes I could do it your way first and be like, damn, I ain't, it worked. But so that's how I look at it, man. And I think a lot of people don't, put people around them that can help grow what they doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like you may not be a talkative person, right? So you got to find somebody to put around you 
who talkative, who can network for you, who can speak on your behalf, who you know gonna say the right things and do the right things. And I think people totally underestimate that. And I think the best thing I did um, was I started holding myself super accountable for like not doing content and doing content and creating and not creating. And then I started to, I think, I think I could say meticulously grabbing the people that I wanted to be a part of what I was doing. Because I knew from I, I knew once I had the people in place that I can trust and that was going to be reliable, I was I was going to be able to take off. And then at the end of the day, you know me, I'm self-starter, self-motivated. Like you would tell me I need to be in Atlanta by tomorrow. I hop in the car and go to Atlanta like we got to get this work done. But putting them people around you, that's you. You can always do the work on your own if they're not able to come through and do it. But it take a lot of stuff off you like. So no time to play, Phil, right? If you wasn't around me, I would be able to figure out how to edit the stuff myself and shoot it myself, but that takes something off my plate I don't have to do. And so a lot of people would just say, all right, I can't find nobody to do it. No, matter of fact, they'll say, I'm not going to look for nobody to do it. I can do it myself. And so you have to get the equipment, you have to do the research, you have to learn how to do it, you have to gather all the people. So within the time of doing that, you done lost so much time in creating, writing, being available, being able to do other things, handle other things, that you just lose out. So and you burning yourself out. You burning yourself out and you just not able to do everything you supposed to be. So when I look at what me and you able to do with, with the show, it's like, after after like you edited like the third or fourth one, I was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna be able to give bro this, and he just gonna do what he do, and that takes so much pressure off you, of being like, damn, okay, now he gonna do it. Now I gotta go through and tell him this and that. And one thing I hate that Jay do, I'ma tell y'all, he do this to me all the time. He when we first start doing the first few episodes, he know after I do work, I don't like to watch it. <laughs> So he'll send me like, yeah, bro, I edited this. Check it out. So then he'll text me like, yeah, bro, you check it out. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. Then he'll be like, bro, ain't no way you checked it out. You ain't say nothing about this piece in there, this piece. And he left it in on purpose just to make me start watching the show to make sure it was exactly what I wanted. But, so that, but that's a part of having somebody on your team knowing what your weakness is and making sure that they can help strengthen it. You know what's crazy about that? I know how particular you is. Right. You feel me? No matter what it was, it could be a music video that I had nothing to do with. <laughs> you gonna send it to me? I'm like, bro, it looked cool to me. You like, nah, bro, you ain't see that. I'm like, nah, bro, it looked cool. You feel me? You putting your 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 uh, director hat on for a video you ain't direct. You was just a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> And that, that'd be crazy. But I think I think that's what helped me make the best content, though, being particular. I think it's a lot of people who they do stuff. And at the end of the day, it's nobody career but your own, right? So a lot of people will create stuff, and then they'll put it out, and they'll be mad at the director. Hey, bro, why it look like that at that part of the video? You ain't, you ain't look back through the video. You know what's funny? They say... Uh, they say IG and TikTok reward you for authentic looking videos, meaning it don't look professional. But I hate that, bro. Like, 
And that's one thing I can say about you. Like, all your videos are done with quality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, for everybody out there listening, no, don't listen to them, bro. Bring quality to your shit. Because when that person first see your shit and they see the quality, they can see you clear, they can hear you clear, all everything right. look good in your background, they going to automatically respect what you're doing. You ain't got to build their respect because you got it directly off the jump. You feel me? So I just wanted to say that, man. Hey, when you do high quality stuff off top, people respect you instantly. Like if if somebody send me some music like, hey bro, check this out, and it sound like they recorded in their basement, the first thing I'ma think is like, why is he even trying to put this out? Like Fact. he don't really care about it. And you might not ever lend them your ear again. You might not never You might lie about lending them. You might not ever nah. <laughs> I I mean I'm I'm mostly the person who be like I inbox you back like bro I ain't listening to that the last one you had wasn't up to par like did you change your engineer <laughs> if you didn't Funny. I ain't listening to that fix that shit yeah man this I think man this journey been crazy though but I know it's like they say the grind take forever but it happened fast right so when when we know each other this go back like ten years of me doing stuff it go back ten years of me like. Doing music videos, creating content, uh, interviewing people for Fire Squad TV, um, blogging, starting a podcast, all this why regular life going on though. And that's one thing why like people might say, like how you say I'm 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 particular about the stuff I do. And people might say, like, when I ask people to do something or when I ask people, like, yo, let's, I come up with a plan and say, yo, this is all you got to do and you do this and this going to blow up, da 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 And people be like, well, you know, my life is just so stressful right now. You know, I'm going to school. You know, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. And I instantly just be telling people, like, bro, I ain't going to lie to you. Um, I can't empathize with you. I can't sympathize with you because I'm going through things. And I know everybody go through things and handle them differently. But nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to sit back and be like, yo, uh, Fairplay was going through a problem with his car last week. He couldn't make it to Atlanta to meet Polo the Don. We're going to set it up for two weeks from now where he get his car fixed. No, nigga, you better figure this out. Thanks. Like, bro, I, I'm so like I had posted a picture. And so it was this is a story. This is like a motivational story. Right. So. Uh, one of my homies, we had linked back up and started talking. Um, he was supposed to perform for Moneybag Yo. I think this was like 2017 or 18. So he say, yeah, bro, come on. It was in San Antonio. He was like, man, you could, uh, you can like hype man me and then we'll perform one of your songs. You might not get the full verse, but we'll get it. So what ended up happening was my homie ended up getting locked up that morning. But I don't find out until I'm in Tampa. So when I was in Tampa, my mind was like, man, you four hours away, you could just turn around. And then I was like, nah, I ain't turning around. I'll figure it out. The worst I'm gonna do is get to the door and have to pay my way in, then make my way up to the stage and figure out who his manager was at the time, right? So I end up driving over there. By the time I get to Houston, I get in touch with his manager brother. And they just like, man, who is this nigga study calling us? They probably think I'm somebody calling, trying to ask, is he going to get bonded out or whatever? So I'm like, nah, bro, he he, my homie. He told me I come up here perform, da, 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 da. So he was like, man, since he not here, you could perform in this spot, et cetera. I didn't get to perform that night, but I got to be backstage, got to see money bag, all of that or whatever. But the whole purpose was is that particular 
situation didn't turn into anything, right? But it it's a story of how you got to put that extra drive into it because you never know what it be, may become. So it didn't turn into nothing as far as performing, but I was able to build a relationship with that other person. So through building a relationship with that other person, one of my homies had did a feature with an artist before the artist got signed. The artist charged him a big amount. Once the artist got signed, the artist basically was trying to run off with the bag. So my homie, already having a record label, knowing a couple of people, boom. I made the call, he got the bread back, et cetera, et cetera. So if I wouldn't have made that trip, I wouldn't have even been able to facilitate that. So it's just like a lot of people look at things they do and they always try to say, hey, if I don't get the record deal or if I don't get that hundred million right now, that was a waste of my time. But every piece is just a stepping stone. Brick by brick, man. Brick after brick, brick after brick. You know what? what's crazy about everything is it's like you say, like you miss every shot you don't take. I'm me? taking every and shot. And sometimes when you take them shots, you're going to miss them bitches. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's important to keep shooting. And I feel like, like you say, a lot of people feel sorry for themselves for Dang. some work that they did not do. Like you, every day you waking up, you saying, man, I hate my job. But right. you ain't trying to do nothing else outside of your job to replace your job. You, you ain't trying me? to quit. Complaining ain't never got nobody nowhere. I tell my daughter that all the time. Like, I hate that Complaining shit. ain't going to do nothing but make the people who care about you not want to be around you. Because misery loves company, and the people who not miserable not going to want to have company with you. Man, go ahead and write a book, man. I got a book. I wrote it uh, last summer. It's called Check Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself. When that's coming out? I don't know. <laughs> you got it. Man, it's, it's a lot going to dropping a book bro i think it's simple right and so i didn't write the book to be like oh it gotta be 300 pages i wrote something for us by us like damon jones you know fubu like i just wanted it to be it's like it's more like a motivational book but it's it's kind of within the realm of a book not a novel you know what i'm saying so it's just straight to the point it tell you about some of the things i went through the adversity i went through when i was young but basically the thing to the book is to keep moving forward and what's so funny when i wrote this like two years ago i had a line in there where i said although i'm not famous yet by time y'all by, by time y'all hit this book it'll be relevant because y'all will see all the progress i made so it's just like for me, I've, I, I came to a realization with myself, and it probably was like maybe, I don't remember what year, but anyway, the whole gist of the story is that I stopped saying when I'm going to make it, and I, start, I mean, I stopped saying if and started saying when. Like, I've always said, I don't know, I don't know when, I know I'm going to make it, I just don't know when. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people put their mind out there and say, well, if I make it, well, if I make the team, if I'm able to get there on time, you already defeated yourself by saying if because you put the doubt in your mind that you're not going to get there. Thanks. Nah, when I'm going to make it. Nah, and people, I've had, like how me and you talked about, right? I done had a lot of different parts in my life as to where, like, uh, I done shifted careers or, like, I think you call it vertical integration. Yeah. But to somebody who on the outside looking in, They'll say, what does skits have to do with rap? But the whole time they forgetting that I just started a show, no time to play fair, right? Or they'll say, 
what does being a comedian have to do with the seriousness of the show or the seriousness of the raps that you put out? And then, so when you see Chicago do's and don'ts, or you see my motivational video, Seven Reasons Why Your Life Better Than You Think, now it come together for you. So another thing about compartmentalizing the friends and the people you put in your life, you gotta know who to tell what idea to, Two, you know, you got to like know, like every idea you have and everything you're going to do is not meant for everybody because you might be telling this idea to somebody who might be like, well, you know, you don't know a cameraman. Oh, you don't know how to write scripts. You never went to school for that. You never did a show before. Where you going to put it at? Who going to distribute it? So when you able to, when you do things like that and it don't work out, it, it that can discourage you before you even get to it. You um you briefly spoke on No Time to Play Fair. So for the people watching this, they may not know what No Time right. to Play Fair is, you feel me? So explain what No Time to Play Fair is, how you came up with the idea, and episode three is going to be out before this, bro. Yeah. So um, No Time to Play Fair is a Chicago hood movie, right? And so basically the premise of it is a good day could turn into a bad day, and a bad day can turn deadly. But... It's different from a lot of internet shows or regular shows because I think a lot of independent shows, they go for the quick fix. And that's no knock to anybody, right? But the world is about errors. So when you look at it, if I could explain it based on music. So you'll remember we was in a backpack era with uh, Kanye West. That was the wave. Then uh, Chief Keef came with the drill era. That was the wave. Then they had the UK, New York wave era of rap. Now they got the house music of rap. So if you go with the wave, you, you gonna have that temporary success, but you gonna get to a point to where you hit the wall because people not gonna be on that wave no more. So instead of making like a super bloody, super glory, I mean gory, a super let's rob niggas, let's sell dope, I wanted to make a show that showed the whole picture. So. I don't only because everybody not going to be able to relate to robbing somebody or selling drugs or being a connect or being a plug. But you can relate. So we got a, a character named Shaniqua. She she work a regular nine to five, but she also selling weed on the on the side. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't got to be weed. It could be the woman who work a nine to five, but she do hell. It could be the work woman who work a nine to five, but she do credit. So I wanted my show to show the nuances of it. And when I say my show, it's just because of the idea I came up with. But I definitely feel like everybody in it is so authentic. And I don't mean authentic like they role is exactly who they are. I mean they authentic because they understand the lifestyle, the ins and outs of it, because they grew up in the hood. They seen people like this. So they don't have to so much act to it or learn it. They just know. It's just like... How they say it's not it's not on you, it's in you. Like they was born into the hood, into the streets. So they understand the nuances of it. They understand certain words to say, how to say it, the facial expressions. So when this came about and we put it together, I wanted to make sure that I was telling, not only telling the full story, but telling something that could carry on. And then 10 years from now, you'll be able to say, Man, I remember when The Wire came out. I remember when Paid in Full came out. And I remember when No Time to Play Fair came out. And just to backtrack to how it came about, on the phone with you. 
And I had been thinking about it for a little while. And that was honestly, that was pr pr one of my parts of uh, my creative moments where I felt like, okay, I'm not doing enough. I'm feeling a little stagnant. Um, I'm losing a little steam. I need to do something else that can help me move forward. And when I say losing steam, it, I hold myself to a different standard. Because just before that, I had did the uh, feature with Gilly the Kid, which did real good. Um, then I did the split it up with my man's uh, leak, my nephew, free to uh, free leak money. And um, so once I actually did that, it was just a little time in between that while I was doing videos and they was getting like 5,000 views, 6,000, 7,000, but they wasn't doing that 2018, 19 type, right? So I felt like that was a regress for me, even though an independent artist, a lot of people just happy like 6,000, but not for me. So I'm like, what can I do that will get my traction, but also help me just keep moving forward and building something new that people not doing? So when I called you and I'm like, hey, bro, you want to uh, you want to shoot a show? Can you record it? And this is another reason why I love you when we work together, bro. You just like, man, I ain't never did it, bro, but we'll figure it out. What you trying to do? So, I mean, the first episode had like maybe six, six to seven actors. And us ending season one having like 20 people in it to the point where people like, yo, how can I be in it? People hitting you up. Hey, bro, you think I can get on the show? So I think we created something special. And no matter what happened from here on with that, it's like that's cemented in history and West Side history, too. You know what's crazy? We did that and then we did a silent film. And you, yeah, the silent <laughs> film was dope. You called me like, bro, I want to do a silent film. I'm like, what? <laughs> like who the fuck just says they want to do a silent film like this 2022 man I, but we did it though it, it came out good too though and so the silent film is basically for those of y'all who don't know um it's a film with music and no words but it sometimes has subtitles right so when we look at the situation how i got to that um i had a music teacher when i was younger and so I used to be able to play the piano, not super outstanding, but I could play it off of ear. So once I showed him, I started playing like Beethoven off ear on the piano. He like left the room, had me set him up. Cause when I used to get in trouble in grammar school, when I went to Gladstone, instead of me being suspended or kicked out of school detention, he'd be like, nah, just bring him down here with me to the music room. So I would be in the music room all the time when I was little. So he would be like, all right, Mike, here go these, uh, sheet music, he go to uh, keyboards, set them up, and when I come back, um, we'll, the class will be time to start or whatever. So like he'll go pick up copies and I'll be in there setting it up, giving me something to do to keep me out of trouble. When I was younger, I used to get into a lot of stuff. So he came back and I was like just playing it and not playing it like fast like I'm doing, but like playing it to the point where it's like, wait, what? So then he like, hey, uh, who taught you how to play that? And I was like, and I remember this vividly, I was like, oh, I was just listening to it and I saw it on the computer, I mean on the laptop, on the uh, keyboard, and I just started playing it. So I think after he saw me do that, he just started slowly introducing me to like different stuff. So like, yeah, this is Mozart, yeah, this is Beethoven. So a lot of them things I don't remember, but it's like, um, I'm sure it's self-consciously embedded in me. So that's when I start to explore a little more myself. And then as I got older, I found out about Charlie Chaplin. And I was like, man, he got this movie called The Great Dictator, 
Well, Batman, this is one of the coldest movies ever, right? And he's speaking in this movie. He don't got a lot of mo movies that he's spoken, right. but he's speaking in this movie, and this movie is in color towards the end. Um, what he ended up doing, so at the end, they, the Nazis, or who was supposed to be the Nazis in the movie, invited him to the stage to give the play. And he was playing a spoof of Hitler in the movie. His name was like um, Henry Winkler. Or it was like an offset of what Adolf Hitler or something like that, right? So when they called him to the stage to give a speech, instead of him doing a speech about hate, he did a speech about love. And he basically said how he didn't want to hate. Um, it's natural for man to want to love. You shouldn't be a soldier. They just regiment you. They make your heart. Uh, he said he has some. He dropped some gems in there, man. He says something like. Um, Man, he said we've made machines that give us abundance, but leave us in want. We got the telephone that can let you talk to somebody around the world, but we shut ourselves off from communication. I'm talking about real vivid, real deep. So that's how I got into it, like just different type of movies. And I'm like, man, so what I say mainstream or white America always do is they take something we make great and live in single and adapt it into something that they want, friends, and then they push living single out the way and they make friends the multi-billion dollar conglomerate, right? So I was like, why can't I take something from our hood and put they spin on it and make it even bigger? So that's how I got into the small, I mean the silent film thing. I just wanted to do that, but I wanted to do it from an artistic perspective, right? Because if you do, if you see No Time to Play for a hood movie, you probably look at it and be like, all right, I'm finna, I, you, you instantly think you know what you're gonna see, right? But if you see Drill, uh, silent short film, uh, trench trauma, and you just like, man, what is this? And I think it give, I think it give our story more of an artistic effect that's more digestible by a more wider range of people. Man, I'm pretty sure I told you this the other day, but you the definition of just do it. You feel me? Because you was a well, you still currently a rapper. I ain't gonna say was a rapper. Right. You still a rapper. You start the YouTube channel. You feel me? You right. built the YouTube channel. How many subscribers you got on YouTube? I got. 25,100. 25,000 subscribers on YouTube, you feel wow. me? You built your IG up to 15K plus. You on TikTok at how many? Just under 10,000. I'll probably be 10,000 for the day over. 10,000. So that's why I say you the ju definition of just do it. Because a lot of people, like you say, they'll talk themselves out of it. Like, man, it's going to be hard to get there. I ain't going to never get there, you feel me? But you, every day, you just like, fuck it, I'm going to just do it. As long as I do it, I know I did something. You know what I'm saying? And if I did something, then I'm working towards something. And a lot of people get scared of the working towards something. Because like I say, most people going to complain about their current circumstances instead of trying to make it better. Yeah. But you done created a million different avenues, you feel me, in a digital world today. You feel me? So I would say, what's next, bro? Like, like what, what's your plans for the future? Um, to keep doing what I do, and um, I wrote down a bunch of goals. I won't say my goals right now to put the negative into the world, but actually I screenshotted them and gave them to you 
because you know you part of the documentary that we doing. I'm gonna let you produce the documentary. <laughs> hey, bro, been texting me his life story, man. <laughs> Cause you know what? I'm a so this is this is why like so I trust you with the content. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm sending it to you to because I know you're gonna do it the correct way. Bro, I wake up like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, because <laughs> I read it. Like I be at like 3 a.m. I wake up. 4.30, 2 a.m., and i just be like, you know what? Oh, let me tell Jay about this time this happened at this store. And the purpose I do that is because I think a lot of people, and this happened everywhere in the world, man. A lot of people will look at you and be like, man, bro grinding, man, bro doing this, bro doing that. But they'll never look back at the situation and be able to say, like, dang, I ain't know bro was going through all that while he was doing it. So I think the purpose of the documentary is just to be like an inspiration to everybody. So people can kind of see like, man, yeah, bro, like, man, bro was going through all that while he was doing that. Because that's one thing that I take pride in. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm not going to stop working. Like I try to prioritize what's important and what's not. But I also had a, a phrase I just I, I um, coined while I was in like uh, junior college. I used to say wing it like Batman. Like if you don't if you don't know something but you know enough, just wing it until you get it right. And that's it. That's how I do it. So I just go into it. I do as much research as possible or I reach out to a person who know as much about it as possible, talk to them about it, and if they the right person for it, I'm why do I need to go figure out more about it? Let me just let Jay do it. All right now, before we get out of here, speak on how important it has been to collaborate with others. You feel me? Because I feel like you you quietly building a network of powerful people. You feel me? <laughs> so when we look at the collaboration part of it, um, most people who don't know me, they don't know, like, I'm an introvert. I don't really like people. Um, I don't really like networking. But I like working with people as far as, like, if we on the same thing or if I see that potential in you to work hard, because the worst thing I want to do is get with somebody who don't want to work hard or got um, um, or, or got excuses. So building that network for me is so important because um, it may be somebody that I can't find and can't reach out to, but Jay can. And vice versa. It may be somebody you can't find or don't know, but I can find them. So I think networking with people and building that up is so important because it gives you a chance to be places you want. So I ain't going to say who I told this to, though, right? But I'm very aware of my surroundings. I'm very aware of the world, and I'm very aware of how people see me, right? And, and people just see people in general, right? So let's put this in perspective. Let's just say um, I'm your best friend, right? And somebody around somebody around me don't like you. You my best friend. They not going to be able to manifest that energy around me. It's, it's not going to be able to balloon into something, right? But if you say, yeah, I know Fair Play and he cool, but I don't really want to work with him and we don't build that network, they able to manifest that energy against you to the point they may be able to do something to you or have something happen. And you, even on the other side, you may even miss an opportunity because this person is throwing hate on you. So I think what a network of strong people do is it allows you, and I have said this to leak money before, what having a strong network do, it allows you to be present when you're not around. 
nobody like nobody can call me and say nothing about you because they know you my man's and vice versa. So that keep down a lot of stuff. Somebody might want to say something about me, but they like, nah, man, he fuck with JJ, my man's. I can't say that. I know Jay gonna have a problem with it. So it's like, it's like stopping the problem before it become a problem or finding an opportunity when you don't even know it's an opportunity. Cause you know, I'm the type of person, if something come up, I'll be like, hey Jay, somebody looking for some marketing. Can I send them your information? Yeah, have meet me up on my website. You know, that type of stuff. All right, man. Before we get out of here, tell the people how they can get in tune with you, stay in tune with you, find everything you got going on. All right, so to get in tune with me is uh, at Fairplay twenty three, Fairplay underscore twenty three thirty three. So it's F A I R P L A Y underscore twenty three thirty three. Basically on all platforms. And if you go find me on Instagram and click my bio, it'll take you to everything. So, I mean, this year gonna be amazing and moving forward too. Hey man, shout out to Fair Play twenty three thirty three. He drove all the way down Florida to come do this interview. Shout out to me. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> <laughs> man, I appreciate you once again, bro. Uh, man, more life, more everything, man. Yeah, man. I mean, in the hey, next, tell him, tell him, God did, God um, did. The the next interview, uh, we'll at another milestone. We'll do the next interview. You show was like, bro, once I reach another milestone, come sit down. I'm like, bro, that shit ain't nothing, bro. Yeah, man, because sometimes you do interviews with other people, and if you don't have a name, it don't mean nothing to be on a platform because people not going to look at you no way because you don't have a name unless it's like one of them big, big platforms who kind of like, all right, we just going to see who he is because they don't interview lower tier people. But I feel like, if I do enough interviews with you or and with on top of the work you already doing, we can't help but to blow up conversations with Jay to where when people come into Chicago from out of town, they like, man, we got to go sit with this station, this station. Oh, yeah, we got to go do conversations with Jay. You saw the last interview he did. That did such and such. He got this many followers. And speaking of that, Mr. Do's and Don'ts, and I know we, you're trying to get out of here, but the Mr. Do's and Don'ts, I did one that I just dropped about Chicago City Colleges and about HBCUs. And I basically bigged up the Chicago City Colleges and basically told the guys here, man, don't be afraid to go to the colleges in your town because that could be your stepping stone to a D1. Okay. You trying to go over to California and in California, they got homegrown players. They got players from Kansas and Kentucky and that might shut your career down. You're going to sit at the bench where if you go to a Truman, a Olive Harvey, Malcolm X, Kennedy King, you might be able to go there, start, play, develop, get better, and now you overseas or you off to the NBA. And so that's the message I'm speaking on that basketball terms, but that's the message for here too, man. To all the artists in the city, we got so many people in the city that got platforms. And I understand that some of the bloggers are picking sides and they picking and choosing. And I also understand that some of the people are acting bougie or too good. But it's somebody in the city that you can find. Let's blow up our city, man. Like we we take our sauce and give it to everybody else. And then they take it and give it to everybody in their city. And then we be sitting here looking dumb. Yeah, man, we the originators of this. We the originators of that. Yeah, but you gave it away because you ain't want to share it with your city. 
So that's what we got to do. That's the message I leave with. Let's start blowing up the people in our city. If it's, if it's a podcast here, you can reach out to and do it as a medium tier artist or a big artist. Do it. Don't always do it just for the look. Sometimes look at it and say, what can I do for that platform? Not always what that platform can do for you. Hey, shout out to the artists that be like, man, I got to come through, chop it up with Jay whenever they got anything going on. And Fair Play is one of them people. So once again, I salute you, bro. I appreciate you for sliding all the way from Florida. Bro took a private J here. Man, stop it. <laughs> I see you supposed to let that rock, bro. You supposed to let me say you jumped Listen, on a private J. Hey, Come on, let me bro. tell you, this this the last gym I dropped, man. Uh the the worst thing about fame is the popularity come before the bag. And so people start equating the popularity with the pockets being bigger. That's why I just so said the private jet. I can't let the jet ride because <laughs> you are. I'm already getting text messages about, hey, what Kanye say? Don't don't be hitting me about that bill shit because everybody got them who ain't children. <laughs> you already get them conversations and them text messages and DM. Hey, bro. Hey, man. You know my baby need pamper. Like you know. <laughs> you supposed to let that rock, man. But can't, hey. Can't. Uh, once again, I appreciate you for sliding, chopping it up with me. Yeah, man. for sure. <laughs> this has been another episode of Conversations with Jay. All right, peace. <laughs> you can't click or turn away from a mobile billboard advertisement. You can mute commercials on TV, turn a page in a magazine or a newspaper, and click away from ads online. Mobile billboard advertisements are practically unavoidable. Consumers won't be able to easily navigate themselves away from a mobile billboard ad like they can for a static billboard or a printed advertisement. We have billboards for any size business. Just give us a call, 312-237-7851. Ask for Jay.